Well, um, we're going to be uh, in Matthew 5 this morning, the Beatitudes, uh, and, um, but before we actually look at the text, I'd like you just to spend uh, a minute or two, just first thing that comes to your mind, uh, 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 when you think about people who are blessed, people who are blessed, what comes to mind? So go ahead and share uh, your answer with the people at your table, or if you're in line, you can go ahead and put the answer in the chat. Uh, what comes to mind when you uh, think of people who are blessed, and why is that your answer? Go ahead and share that answer with one another now. It'll take about another 30 seconds. Okay. <clears throat> uh, as I was thinking about this, um, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's easy for me, uh, and I think it's easy for many of us to uh, think about people who have money. Um, they're blessed. You know, we, we, we say that. It's oftentimes heard, you know, God's blessed me with money or, um, or with good looks. Some of us wish maybe we were more blessed in that way. Uh, and so blessed with good looks or physical health or stamina or strength or something um, or just a general happiness. You know, people are, are you know, we, we think of those people as blessed. And obviously, right, there's nothing inherently wrong with um, wealth. There's nothing inherently wrong with beauty or, or being strong or being happy. But if we're not careful, we could begin to uh, equate uh, or confuse even the blessings of God with worldly success. And this is something that we have to be wise and discerning uh, about. And this is what we're going to be focusing our attention on this morning. So to help us to be a little more wise and a little more discerning in our thinking. Remember, a long, long time ago, I was visited by a recent college graduate. Uh, I was really happy to see her. She stopped by to say hi, and she also stopped by to show me her new car. It was great as I was interacting with her, hearing about her new teaching job, and seeing how happy she was doing something that she clearly loved and was passionate about. She was also grateful, I remember her saying, how... Um, Grateful for the job that was actually paying her money <laughs> so that she could pay off a, a pretty large uh, school debt. She, uh, she then said, uh, are you ready to see um, this other thing that God has really blessed me with? It's, it's pretty big and it's awesome. So I went outside and in my driveway was her brand new detailed sports car. She was a music teacher and she had music notes uh, detailed on the side of her car. It was pretty spectacular. So it was really nice, super nice, and I was really kind of caught up in her enthusiasm uh, for this car until she told me how much money she had to borrow to pay for this thing. And so I kind of, I didn't say anything, but I, I just wondered in that moment, is this really a blessing from God, or, or is it a financial trap set by greedy money lenders planning to get rich off of a young, naive, and vulnerable recent alumni? Got to be wise and discerning about these things. So what does it mean to be blessed by God, and how are his blessings related to worldly success and prosperity? It's confusing. It's not always easy to know. And the answer depends on who you ask. But we're just not going to ask anybody this morning. We're going to ask Jesus because he's our source of authority on these matters. And his answer to the question, what does it mean to be blessed, is quite interesting. 
And uh, so we're going to dive into this this morning. In fact, for the next several weeks, we're going to be exploring uh, Jesus' teaching found in Matthew 5 to 7. And uh, we're going to do this so that we can better live out Jesus' teaching in what is known as the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, verse um, uh, to 7. In these three chapters, Jesus gave us his definition of what it means to be blessed and described how his followers are to live in this world. We're going to find there's tremendous relevancy to Jesus' teaching for us. Today, we're going to learn that worldly success is not always uh, or even usually the same thing as being blessed by God. So let's look at the passage, Matthew 5, verses 1 and 2. I believe we're going to put it up. There are some Bibles at your table, too, if you'd like, or you can... Uh, Turn on your phone and you might be able to find it there too. Matthew 5, beginning uh, with verse 1. Jesus said, well, the, the description is, Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, Jesus did. And when Jesus sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you or persecute you and other Utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Let me just pray again for our time in God's word. Father, we are thankful that your word is timeless. And that even a passage like this, as we were praying earlier this morning, even a passage like this that's familiar to many of us, there are layers of truth that still need to be discovered by all of us. Um, None of us claim to know with perfection the truth of your word. So God, we pray that you, Holy Spirit, would teach us and guide us. And we pray that you would use our time, even in our table discussion, to bring revelation of your truth, conviction of the Holy Spirit, and how we can live it out in a way that glorifies you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I remember um, it being pointed out to me that nowhere in this passage does Jesus reference money in reference to being blessed. That actually was a shocker to me. Like, wait a minute, it must be there somewhere. (laughs) It's not there. Or fame, or good looks, or fancy sports cars. It's not mentioned in terms of what it means to be blessed. In fact, actually quite the opposite. I've been reading and enjoying uh, this book called Following the Call, Living the Sermon on the Mount Together. And I'd like to uh, read a, um, an excerpt from the book. It's actually the beginning of chapter 4, and it's written by James Howell. There's many uh, different contributors to this particular book. Chapter 4, the beginning of chapter 4, is written by James Howell, Following the Call, Living the Sermon on uh, on the Mount together. James Howell writes this 
The American Declaration of Independence submits that we have an unalienable right to the pursuit of happiness. How fascinating then that Jesus never said, blessed are the happy. They seem blessed. Robert Schuller, some of you will know who he is. Robert Schuller even wrote a book on the Beatitudes with the catchy, alluring title, The Be Happy Attitudes. Now, nothing wrong with happiness. In many Bible versions with lexicographical backing and sound reasoning have translated the Greek word makarios at the beginning of each of Jesus' Beatitudes, not as blessed, but as happy. And you might have that in some of your translations too. The danger, James Howell says, I, I suspect, is that the word happy has gotten so watered down, so trivialized, so shredded into confetti that the happiness we pursue has virtually nothing to do with what Jesus had in mind when he said, blessed. The translation itself is not wrong, but we need to be aware. Ancient people did not harbor a superficial, fun-oriented view of happiness or of being blessed. Robert Wilkins summarizes the difference. For us, the term happiness has come to mean feeling good or enjoying certain pleasures, a transient state that arrives and departs as circumstances change or fortune intervenes. For the ancients, happiness was a possession of the soul, something that one acquired and that once acquired could not easily be taken away. Happiness designated the supreme aim of human life living in accord with nature, in harmony with our deepest aspirations as human beings. And that was uh, James Howell quoting Robert Wilkin. Now back to James's uh, comments. Many Americans hear the word happy very differently. We fancy the notion of Jesus smiling and providing tips on how to be happy and would be disappointed should Jesus not give us a boost in our very Americanized pursuit of happiness. But as you have pondered the Beatitudes, you may have noticed a couple of problems. Those who are poor, those who mourn, those who are meek or who are persecuted and reviled don't sound very happy, do they? And if it is true that we identify happiness with fun, are my children happy? Are my children having fun? Is my marriage happy? Are we having fun? Then doesn't the very question, am I happy, derail us from Jesus' path? Am I happy? And this is important, I think. Am I happy asks about me and turns me in on myself. But isn't Jesus interested in us opening ourselves outward to God and to others. Happiness is something I pursue. Happiness is up to me. But Jesus' beatitudes are about what we cannot achieve, what we cannot make happen, and what we can only receive as the most startling of gifts. And then he ends the section with this. So to be blessed isn't catchy advice on how to go and be happy. Rather, blessed is being swept up in God's decisive movement in the world. I really appreciated that uh, excerpt from the book, Following the Call, Living 
the Sermon on the Mount together. Well, with that, um, uh, we're going to discuss this passage together, but before we do, I'd like to read it one more time, and then I'm actually going to give you like a minute or two just to look at the passage uh, quietly uh, and let the Holy Spirit speak to you, and then we'll um, give you a time to share uh, what you're seeing and what you're understanding. So let me read the passage one more time. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So for my introverted friends in the room, I want to give you a minute or two just to reflect on the passage, and then I'll give you some instructions. I'd like to give you about 10 minutes uh, to discuss with your friends at your table the characteristics of those who are blessed according to Jesus, what the rewards are, and um, what do you think... Jesus meant for us to understand about the meaning of being blessed. So have fun. Uh, For those of you that are joining us online, we're going to drop a Zoom link uh, with a telephone number, and uh, I'd love for you to join me, and we're going to have our own private uh, conversation right up here. So go ahead and click on the Zoom link. There it is. You can go ahead and type that in or click on it, or you can also call in the number and uh, join me up here. The rest of you, enjoy your conversation. You have about 10 minutes. Uh, I understand that probably was not enough time for all of you. Uh, I am enjoying a delightful conversation with Amy Walker, so, uh, who is joining me via Zoom, which is totally awesome. Uh, so she is on hold right now because she and I are going to continue our conversation just as you are also um, going to continue yours. Um, We're going to begin to wrap up uh, the service, um, but we want to give you one final time in small group, and we've given you um, maybe too many questions, uh, so uh, be wise in how you approach these questions. We can go ahead and put the questions up um, and uh, want you to talk about this. What are we learning about God from this passage? What are we learning about um, ourselves and others? How does God want me to apply what I've learned from this passage so far? What is your new I will statement if if you're able to identify it? Maybe the Holy Spirit's already let you know what it is. Um, Who are you going to share this with uh, before next Sunday? You can talk about all of this, a little encouragement, a little accountability. And then, yeah, if time uh, allows, um, uh, feel free to pray for one another. Of course, when we actually do do the final dismissal, you can stay as long as you want and uh, you know, continue the conversation, pray for one another if, if your schedule allows it. Again, uh, feel free to offer encouragement, accountability, as together we seek to obey God's word this week. So uh, I'll set you free another 10 minutes or so uh, in your small group, and then Aaron will come up and uh, lead us in a final worship song.
Father, help us to live this day to the full, being true to you in every way. Jesus, help us to give ourselves away to others, being kind to everyone we meet. Spirit, help us to love the lost, proclaiming Christ in all we do and say, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. Thanks for joining us online. God bless you, and God bless you guys. Bye-bye.